This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Thursday, January the 12th and we're going to start off with some big news on changes to COVID rules. The Health Secretary's confirmed the quarantine period for anyone with coronavirus is being cut in England from seven to five days. Sajid Javid told the Commons at lunchtime that's provided you test negative twice at the end of the period. These two tests are critical to to these balanced and proportionate plans and I'd urge everyone to take advantage of the capacity we have built up in tests so that we can restore the freedoms to this country while we are keeping everyone safe. The changes come into effect on Monday. And more announcements today. France is lifting its ban on fully vaccinated arrivals from the UK from tomorrow morning. But anyone travelling from Dover or Folkestone will still need to take a pre-departure test. The requirements to self-isolate and prove the trip's essential are being scrapped. France tightened travel restrictions, you may remember, in December, just before Christmas, because of Omicron. But the variants now widespread in both countries. Chris Parker is from DFDS, which run sailings from Dover. He's been speaking to Kat from our colleagues at KMTV. Well, it's a a difficult decision for any government, of course, to know exactly when they should and shouldn't uh, uh, close the borders. And uh, I think we understand that with uh, with Omicron coming in, there was a desire to, to slow the the spread of the of, of the virus, that new variant, um, across borders. I I would say that you know our, our view on it is that such a restriction has um, a, a a limited impact in a, in the sense that it can only delay. Uh, the spread it can never really stop it, and I think we've seen that. If you look at the at, at the spread of Omicron in in France, it's it's as prevalent in France as it is in the UK, um, and it was just extremely unfortunate timing on behalf of our customers more than anything else. I mean, when the the restrictions were brought in. Uh, they were brought in on December the 17th. But I can tell you that December the 18th was actually our busiest booking day. You know, that was when people were traveling out for Christmas. So we were fortunate we were able to get a lot of people out before the, the restrictions came in, but not everybody. And and it meant, you know, for a second Christmas in a row, a lot of people weren't able to see friends and family. So, yeah, I have sympathy with the French government. You know, they, they have a difficult job. Uh, I have huge sympathy for our, for our passengers who, for many of them, have seen their, their Christmases ruined. Absolutely. Obviously, the good news is today that they are lifting the restrictions and it's not too late for anybody wanting to go over for that sort of Christmas period. Are you expecting to see quite a rise in bookings? Yeah, we are definitely. And, you know, a lot of the calls that we were getting uh, when the restrictions came in were, were were asking what people could do. Could they move their bookings to to the new year so that they could still... Uh, perhaps reorganize those plans and and absolutely they can uh you know that we will expect booking uh, calls from people who have existing bookings who want to move them now so they can get out and see people and we're also seeing you know bookings coming in for february half term uh from people who are now saying yeah great this is good we can book with confidence so that that's really reassuring and, and it's really good news one other piece of health news for you today and a and e waiting times in england reached record levels last month 38.8 percent of people were in hospital for more than four 
four hours before being treated, up from 38.1% in November. Meantime, NHS figures also show there are now six million people in England waiting to start routine hospital treatment, a record high. Kent Online News. A man who crashed his car into a fence, pretended to be an undercover police officer, then waved a blade around and got naked, has been jailed. Sean Axdor's been covering this one for us at Canterbury Crown Court and joins me now. So, Sean, this happened in Ashford. Yes, that's right. The vehicle David Saunders was driving in November last year smashed into a fence on Beaver Road. He narrowly avoided colliding into a family. The court was told that when the 37-year-old got out of the vehicle, he was brandishing handcuffs and he told a witness that he was a constable. As one person tried to dial 999, he even attempted to grab the phone off of them. And what happened next? Well, it did even get a bit more bizarre than that. Yes, Saunders even went to the car. After he was asked for ID, he drew a blade. Then when he was finally surrounded by police, he started taking his clothes off. He was eventually pepper sprayed and taken to the nearby William Harvey Hospital. And what sentence was handed down? Well, the labourer, who's from Beaver Road, has been given 18 months for what was described as highly dangerous actions. He admitted dangerous driving, threatening another with a bladed article, impersonating a police officer and failing to give a specimen. In total, he now has 25 convictions for 41 offences. Sean, thanks ever so much. The Foreign Secretary is holding post-Brexit talks in Kent over the next couple of days. Liz Truss is meeting the European Commission's Vice President at her Chevening Country Retreat near Sevenoaks. They're hoping to solve issues with Northern Ireland. A motorcyclist who tried to smuggle £100,000 worth of heroin into Kent via the Channel Tunnel has been sentenced to more than five years in prison. Ezekiel Rose had hidden the drug in a box on his bike but was caught when Border Force officers searched the vehicle. The 40-year-old from Pimlico in London tried to claim he thought the drugs were herbal. A dad from Herne Bay has been left needing surgery following a hit and run. 43-year-old Paul Smith says he was left for dead after being knocked down as he rode his motorbike along School Lane in Herne last Friday. His foot was broken and detectives are hunting the driver who fled the scene of the crash. A bus has had its window smashed while being driven through Snotland. The driver says a group of children threw rocks at the vehicle in Paddlesworth Road, leaving glass all over one of the seats. Police were called and a spokesperson for Arriva says antisocial behaviour or vandalism will be investigated. The Kent Online Podcast with Ball in Maidstone. Now, it's feared there aren't enough school places for the number of children moving with their families to live in a huge development in North Kent. Thousands of homes are being built at Ebbsfleet Garden City, but a number of parents have told Kent Online that they're having to travel miles out of the area to take their children to school. Cherry Orchard Primary Academy opened in 2017, but already has a waiting list and received 135 applications for places last September when only 60 were available. Springhead Park Primary is also oversubscribed. Well, to explain this is Ian Piper, who's the chief exec of the Ebbsfleet Development Corporation. Ebbsfleet Development Corporation is not responsible for school place planning across the Garden City. This is the responsibility of Kent County Council. However, we did learn in March last year that a number of families in the Castle Hill area had not been allocated a place at their local primary school. This was obviously of concern to us, so I immediately spoke to Kent County Council and the school themselves to find out the background. Um, This is a question of the timing of the delivery of schools when you are bringing forward a major development like Ebbsfleet. If you provide the school 
quite late on in the development process so that lots of people have already moved into the area. There won't be schools available in the immediate area for those new families. If, however, as is the case in Castle Hill, you provide the school quite early on in the development process, which is preferable, uh, there will not be enough families to take up all the places uh, in those early years. Therefore, if families living further afield wish to send their child there, they will be allocated a place. If subsequently uh, the uh, those families living further afield have siblings who they also wish to attend the same school, uh, they will be allocated a place in priority to families that live closer. Um, and we think this is what has happened in uh, the Castle Hill situation. As such, this is a relatively short-term phenomena. So as those families uh, living further afield progress through the school, um, this will work itself out of the system uh, and there should then be the um, appropriate number of, of places available for uh, local families in subsequent years. It is something that we have a, a continual discussion with Kent County Council about so that we mo they and um, will monitor closely the take up of school places, the availability of school places uh, and whether there is enough provision in, in the area. Uh, and we liaise very closely with Kent County Council on that. Well, we have been in touch with Kent County Council. They say it's impossible to build a housing estate and open new schools to accommodate all children at exactly the same time. However, they do expect, as Ian explained, that the situation will ease as more children living locally take up places in the lower years. Staying with education news and plans to expand a grammar school in Sittingbourne have been given the go-ahead. Bosses at Borden Grammar want to build a two-storey teaching block to cope with an expected increase in demand for places. It's based on the Avenue of Remembrance, not far from Sainsbury's, and we're told the work will be done over the next three years. The railway line between Gravesend and Rochester has reopened after a freight train derailed earlier. It caused major disruption for some Kent commuters this morning. It also caused delays to Thameslink services in the area as well. It's claimed residents living in sheltered housing in Swanscombe have become imprisoned in their flats because of a broken lift. Elderly and vulnerable people have been unable to use the elevator at Wardona Court in Ames Road since Boxing Day. A sign has been put up saying it will be repaired and apologising for the inconvenience. A Kent environmental campaigner has told the Kent Online podcast a new report out today into water quality is not a surprise but disappointing. A group of MPs has found pollution from things like sewage and single-use plastic is leading to a dangerous chemical cocktail running through our waterways. The report also mentions nearly 7,000 sewage spills into the sea by Southern Water, which saw the company receive a £90 million fine last year. Well, I've been speaking to Sally Burt-Jones, who's from SOS Whitstable, which campaigns to reduce the amount of pollution in the sea. Incredibly disappointed, of course, but not massively surprised. Um, I'm glad that the conversation is still happening. Um, obviously, the, you know, there was a lot of noise around the Environment Bill back in um, autumn last year. And, you know, it's scary when these things happen that you think maybe they're going to disappear afterwards. So this uh, report's been being worked on for over 12 months um, by the um, Environmental Audit Committee. <clears throat> and it does clearly mention um, the new Environmental Protection Office, um, which will be put into place soon um, in 2022. So, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that the, the issue is still being focused on, but obviously the contents of the report are quite frightening um, and, yeah, very disappointing. And, I mean, they, they highlight, what was it, a, a cocktail of chemicals and, and plastic waste, again, seems to be another major issue, doesn't it? I know you, you've spoken about um, pollution in the seas before, but I suppose our, our rivers, perhaps have we forgotten about those, maybe, because we, we heard about all the, all the sewage going into the seas last summer, didn't we? Ultimately, you know, all the rivers throughout the country and streams will end up in the sea, so we need a national joined up effort to tackle this problem. This report for the first time, um, I think really looks at uh, agricultural runoff uh, in a really detailed way and also plastics, uh, specifically microplastics. And some of the conclusions that they've been able to draw from the amount of microplastics in the rivers, um, especially those kind of downstream of, of CSOs, combined sewer overflow pipes is that actually <laughs> Uh, untreated sewage um, is, is you know, that's where those microplastics are coming from. And there's a lot more untreated sewage going into our rivers than um, than is being reported at the moment. So, you know, anything that can be done to hold these water companies to account is wonderful. And now I think, you know, we have a whole new um, opportunity with the with the plastics data um, to really kind of hold them to account. We saw the the huge fine that was handed to Southern Water last year. I mean, do you think something like that will make a difference combined with this report? Do you think it will be perhaps the the kick up the backside that that they need to be doing more? The fault of this is has come from underinvestment in the infrastructure, and obviously underinvestment in um, kind of. The, the governance of, of the business and you know not putting money where it's needed and cutting the funds of the environment agency as well um without a body to enforce and police what water companies are doing um so yeah the underinvestment i think is a problem which needs to change they need to invest more money um, monitoring needs to improve and if people are, are interested to see where there are releases <clears throat> in local rivers the rivers trust has a fantastic map which will show uh, CSO releases into rivers and streams and which ones are monitored and which ones aren't, which are untreated and which aren't. So at least people can have a look at that if they're looking to, to swim or to use local rivers for walking dogs and um, and that. And when it comes to pollution, just aside from um, the water companies, what can we all do to try and reduce the amount of plastics, as you, you've mentioned plastics in particular, but what can we all do to reduce the amount of, of things getting into the waterways that shouldn't be there? Um, there's a great campaign up in Scotland last year where um, I think they had, I think it was children, but they were kind of with chalk marking around the drains on the streets and just basically saying the sea starts here. I think it's really important to remember as, you know, kind of running households that putting things in the toilet like nappies and, um, you know, biodegradable face wipes and, you know, things, things that aren't going to decompose within that system they are potentially going to end up back in the sea. So, yeah, I think just being very conscious as we run our houses with the chemicals that we use and the things that we're putting um, into our water systems and trying to be really cautious and careful about not putting things which could potentially harm the environment. The Environment Agency says it's launched an investigation into the quality of English rivers. This is also going to be the topic of conversation on The Lowdown tonight. You can watch it on our Facebook Live and on KMTV from 6. Kent Online reports. Residents in Whitstable say it's sad to see the last proper greasy spoon cafe close. Cafe Rio was shut down to make way for a new 150-seat restaurant after plans to merge the site with a former fish and chip shop were approved. Some locals claim 
name. It symbolises the gentrification of the town. Kent cricketer Joe Denley is backing a campaign to raise money for a machine to help a man walk again after he was suddenly left paralysed. At Kent Online, you can see pictures of Darren Bovis from Whitstable, who'd been gardening when he first felt pain in his back. Within two days, he'd lost the use of his legs due to a disc causing damage to his spine. Well, it's now hoping enough cash will be raised to buy him an, an exoskeleton device. Plans have been put in to turn a disused shopping centre in Chatham into flats. Developers want to build 200 apartments, co-working spaces and art studios on the site of the old Trafalgar Centre in the High Street. The site, which also used to be called In Shops, would be demolished along with part of a nearby car park. It'll all be discussed at a meeting in April. Now, social media influencers in Kent have welcomed calls for a logo to be put on photos of people that have been digitally altered. You may very well be scrolling through social media sites like Instagram and see people and be very envious of how they look and their body shape. Well, former GP Dr Luke Evans, who's now a Conservative MP, wants new legislation brought in, which would also apply to advertisers, broadcasters and publishers. He's doing it because he's worried people with eating disorders in particular are being driven by so-called perfect bodies. Well, Hannah Southall is a fitness influencer from Chatham. If it's changing body type, then I think people should know about it because, you know, yeah. it's, it's giving people a false sense of, of, of reality. You know, that's not what people look like. And I think there's a lot of it. So I think if, if, if that's labelled, I personally don't think that's an issue. I think it's quite quite a good idea to be honest even myself i can be scrolling on there and i'll think oh gosh maybe i should maybe maybe i need to look like this maybe i need to do that maybe i need to do that but actually you know i can get caught in on the scrolling and then i have to just zoom back out i think it's hard like we're around that and that's that's our job is to uplift others but i think if that isn't your your job role it's so easy to get sucked in hannah was on the lowdown on kent online's facebook live last night you can still see that program in full she was joined by geordie robbins who's a footballer and fitness influencer from chat in professional um, environments with actual adverts and influencers, I think that, um, you know, it'd be something that would be valuable. Um, however, it's just how do you, you know, how far do you go? How do you police that kind of thing? Because is it a filter? Is it someone's physically changed the shape of their body? It's natural to compare our, ourselves to others. Um, comparison, like they say, is the thief of joy. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you're going on Instagram and you're looking at other people, we naturally we naturally get drawn to the negative. We don't focus on all the good things about ourselves. We also got opinion from our resident GP, Dr Julian Spinks. I think that it is something that we do need to tackle. And they're already doing something very similar to this in France. Um, and I've actually seen magazines from France where there's a little uh, thing saying digitally altered photo in French, obviously, uh, next to pictures. It's not all to do with social media and, and being influenced that way, but talking to people, you often find... Uh, this idea that, you know, they just don't live up to the ideal that they think is normal. And that's very, very tricky. Um, I, and the thing that scares me is those younger children who are picking up on that very young. Kent Online reports. McDonald's has announced plans to open their first restaurant in Herne Bay. The fast food company is eyeing up a site at Altira Park on the outskirts of the town. It could create as many as 80 jobs. At the moment, the nearest branch is in Chessfield. A display at Rochester Cathedral next month has been delayed. Luke Durham's Gaya will now be shown from the end of May. The piece, which is seven metres in diameter, will show detailed NASA images of the Earth's surface. It's very similar to the Moon exhibition, which you may have seen at the cathedral before we went into the first pandemic lockdown. Ella Henderson's going to be on the hit list with Numi later on our sister radio station, KMFM. She'll be chatting 
chatting all about her new album, Everything I Didn't Say, as well as being on The X Factor when she was just 16. Make sure you're listening from seven. And a man from Kent known only as Mr W has won a million pounds on the lottery. He scooped the prize in the Euro Millions draw on New Year's Eve and has chosen to stay anonymous. Kent Online Sport. Cricket and England will be looking to end what's been a pretty dismal tour of Australia on a high when the final Ashes Test starts in Hobart early tomorrow morning. They've already lost the series but avoided a whitewash after getting a draw in the previous match in Sydney. Well, Ben Stokes and Johnny Burstow are both injury doubts for this game, but bowler Mark Wood is hopeful they'll make it. They're in good spirits so far. I think um, both of them, you know, they're pretty obvious characters to tell if they're, if they're not so far they've seemed happy and you know they've trained as normal and of course with both everybody knows that they're carrying niggles and knocks but they're both two characters that don't want to give up easy. Kent Sam Billings has also been called up to the squad for this final match. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also now get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site by subscribing. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches.